If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron and you can help support the show. The podcast will always be free, but the Patreon page is just a way to basically throw some change in the guitar case if you like what you're hearing. Big shout out and thank you to everyone who's supported the show so far, especially our latest patron, Art Anthony. Up your ass and get up on the podcast. Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast. Which police radio? All right, welcome to Which Police Radio. Uh, one of the things about doing this show, um, as often as I do, is, is I definitely get repeat guests sometimes, and it's always nice to kind of catch up with people who've been on the show before, but the last time the guest on this episode was on the show, it was about something totally different. We were talking about your record label, and on this episode, we're talking about your band, which was talked about a little bit uh, last time, and also like five or six years ago, but um, I think the best way to kick this off is if you want to introduce yourself, and maybe just give a bit of background on the band, because like I said... It's been around for a while, and I know a lot of things have kind of changed since the last time we formally sat down and talked about Suburban Hypocrites. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Nick, uh, also known as D Scramble. I play in the band Suburban Hypocrites. Uh, we're a punk band from Winnipeg. We formed in, I want to say, 2014. It might have been late 2013. Anyway, somewhere around there. Uh, started as a three-piece. By the time we were playing shows, we were a four-piece. Yeah. Uh, now, as of last year, we're back down to a three-piece. Um, so the lineup right now consists of myself on bass and vocals. Uh, our previous bass player, Lucas, has moved over to guitar, so he's handling guitar and vocals now. And our drummer, Travis, is still behind the kit. Cool, cool. And so you have a new record that you're working on right now, which, I mean, there's, I know there's a lot of history about the band we could talk about, and I'm sure we'll get to some of that. But you're about to release something. You ha- you've been busy, obviously, during the pandemic, because you guys put out a tape a few months ago, and now you have this full length that's coming out. So what's, um, I, I guess maybe, how has this been? How has this past 18 months been for you guys? And it, it, Considering you can't play shows, you probably haven't been able to rehearse anywhere near as much as you wanted to, and yet you're still recording all this music and, and putting it out. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been weird because it's kind of been like zero to sixty the last little while. It went from absolutely nothing to absolutely everything in a short amount of time. Um, as far as the last eighteen months, uh, uh, my personal life uh, probably the worst eighteen months of my life. I'm hopefully on the tail end of it right now. Well, that's good. Uh, but if there's any silver lining, it uh, it gave me the ammo to write a lot of the album that we're putting out soon. So there was some good in it. Um, but yeah, we, we did put out a tape uh, a couple months ago, which was called No Plan, No Budget, No Problem. With a lovely Pallister uh, we conveniently cover, yeah. used a yeah. picture of Pallister on the front of it. But that, that was kind of almost an afterthought because No Plan, No Budget, No Problem was kind of his way of dealing with the pandemic. But it was also our motto on how that whole thing came to be. Right. Um, because we were... We were 
approached by one of Lucas's friends who is in uh, Mid Ocean. It's like a audio recording school. Yeah, he was doing his final project there, and he needed a band to record. So it was kind of super short notice. Like, hey, do you guys want to come in lay down some tracks? Um, and we were kind of in the stage of tracking the album already. So we were like, well, doesn't really make sense to do like album songs twice once we've already demoed them and are now you know past pre-production. Yeah. So we kind of said, all right, well, we'll do two songs that were supposed to be on the album and we kind of just did alternate takes like they were played at different tempos and some things changed in the final versions okay okay um, and then we just did two covers on that one cool cool um, yeah so the other the, yeah the other two tracks were just covers um and then we just threw it on a cassette because we needed something to do with it <laughs> well and you have a tape label which helps right i mean that makes it a little more yeah. convenient than, <laughs> yeah yeah, it's basically just my outlet for putting out stuff that other labels don't want. Yeah, <laughs> from my bands, I'm like, well, if you're not gonna put it out, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess uh, like your role obviously has changed in that you're playing bass and singing now rather than just being the frontman, right? So how how has that been transitioning from that? Because if, this is weird to think about, but it seems like based on this new record anyway that you guys are more technical now as a three piece than you were as a four piece like the songs sound more complex there's more going on and i don't know if that's just a factor of changing the lineup around or what but it, it, it seems like the early stuff was a lot more kind of just that sort of stereotypical drunk punk kind of like yeah. you know, yelling into a mic with record shit and now this is more kind of almost like some of it fits into the melodic hardcore sort of side of things and parts are heavier and there's more more changes and breakdowns and things like that so how did that happen um well i always wanted we tuned down a full step um which was a big thing to adding to kind of the heavy of yeah. the sound. And um, me and Lucas had wanted to do that for a long time, but it just, it kind of fell on deaf ears every time we suggested it in pre previous iterations. Cause it was like, well, now these songs aren't going to sound right. Cause we right. started writing in standard and nobody wanted to tune kind of thing um, between songs, like in a live set. So we dropped everything down. And then um, I also play bass in, in Hume. So right. I'm, you know, familiar with playing bass, but this is actually the first project where I've ever, or I've actually had to sing and play bass at the same time. Um, so that was definitely a challenge to me. And when Taras departed from the band uh, in early 2020, the original plan was for me to play guitar. Okay. Um, and I'm not a great guitar player. I'm not a great bass player either, but I, I'm definitely, you know, more fluent at playing bass. So I was pretty hesitant to play guitar and we had a couple jams, worked on a couple new songs and I really wasn't a fan of <laughs> how they were coming out. I was, I was pretty reluctant at that point and discouraged to keep the band going. And at that point, Lucas had said, you know, like, what if I switch over to guitar? Because he, he's a great guitar player. So yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give that a whirl. And we did. And it worked out great. Cool, cool. Is it a conscious shift to making things heavier i mean i know you said you you tuned down obviously that's gonna have an impact on the whole sound but i mean are you guys just maybe listening to different stuff now uh, i imagine playing in inhumed you're getting uh if you weren't already exposed to a lot more uh kind of brutal <laughs> heavy music than you would have been you know just yeah. in a punk band right well i i've believe it or not always been a metal guy i was actually i'd probably say i was a metal guy before i was a punk guy okay, okay. um and then it kind of came full circle. So I've always been into metal, but um, definitely now that I have more of a hand in the instrumentation of things, I I would say that for sure plays a factor in that because I did do um, a good amount of songwriting on our very first album and a lot yeah. of the heavier songs on that were my contributions to that album. So there's that coupled with um, 
like during the pandemic, I know Lucas was listening to a lot of Napalm Death at one point. So I know that probably got worked in, yeah. into things. And I mean, I listen to a lot of that too. Um, but as far as like influences and sounds go, I think, I mean, me for myself used to be pretty close minded in what I would listen to, but being isolated for so long, I kind of learned to expand my horizons. So during the period of like the writing of the album, I was listening to everything from like Devo to Thin Lizzy, Steely Dan. Um, and then I, you know, throw on a Cannibal Corpse record after yeah, for yeah. good measure. So, well, and that's reflected on the we tape too. You have, a, you have a Devo cover on the tape, right? I mean, that's, uh, so you obviously that stuff is, is seeping in as well. Yeah, that was, I kind of got the other guys in the band turned on to Devo and that was right when that opportunity was coming around and we were picking covers. Um, and Lucas had picked the Hollywood Squares cover, which he's very into like obscure punk rock stuff from the 80s. So that's kind of what he always wants to cover, which is cool. Yeah. We make it our own. Um, but then they were like, well, why don't you pick a Devo song if you like Devo so much? So I originally wanted to do Gates of Steel and then they countered me with, they're like, well, what about Blockhead? Because it's a really weird song, but it's still pretty catchy. Yeah. So I said, okay. And um, I'm actually amazed at how tight that cover came out sounding because we never jammed it as a band before cool. going into the studio. We changed the tempo and everything too. So it was just kind of like, okay, everyone learn on your own time we're gonna meet up like in a week yeah. in the studio and just hope for the best and it came out okay so i'm happy with it yeah for sure for sure you because because you guys have been doing this as long as you have i think when i met you you were all super young um because it was this was like what six years ago or something too and you were just getting started as a band and everything what is your sort of take i know there's no shows right now or they are now sort sort of happening again but what's your take on where winnipeg's punk scene is now compared to what it was when you guys were just you know sort of young and, and starting out and trying to find opportunities um it's definitely had some doors open and some doors closed for sure uh, I mean, we've lost venues, we've gained venues. 
Uh, right now, one thing I do really think is cool is uh, the Bulldog Event Center over on Maine. Yeah. They're, um, they're kind of spearheading the whole all-ages show thing again. They're a, a huge venue. Like They can hold, I think, 350 people. Uh, but it's it's totally all ages and they have a licensed bar so yeah. they've got that and i mean the park just reopened so that's great too like i, I don't know if you went to any of the propaganda i did yeah i went to the saturday show it was great yeah right on yeah so what they've done with that room is awesome too but i like you know for a lot of bands starting out that's way too big of a room for whereas sure. the event center they can take on the smaller bookings so that's awesome and we didn't really have anything like that when we were starting i mean we had the zoo but that's 18 plus and we had cavern we didn't really have any all ages options so it's cool to see those popping up and i hope that continues for sure which is weird because that's that's the audience i mean like for a lot of bands playing and especially in the style you were more doing back then the teenage crowd is the crowd for that i mean you know you're playing like anything from pop punk to skate punk to even just like sort of your basic straight ahead hardcore Teenagers are, are like the lifeblood of that stuff, right? And so it's weird to think that there wasn't anywhere for young kids to see that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we, like all three of us grew up in rural communities outside of Winnipeg. Right, so right. we never saw shows. So even like when we started playing shows, that was like some of our first exposure to, you know, smaller shows. Um, because before it was, you know, you just go to the big shows of the, the other, you know, headlining touring acts, like the yeah. big deals. So I never really got to experience experience the albert in its heyday or anything which sucks yeah but it is what it is well now it's back it seems a bit different but i mean maybe you guys can uh turn it into a punk venue again it could happen yeah we got to play once before the pandemic i think it was i want to say like december 2019 it was kind of right when they were i think it was the first show when they like re-reopened yeah. it because it had closed and then opened and um, yeah, so we, we played the, the one time there. The bar wasn't totally set up, but it was really fun. It was a really good room. Yeah. Well, it has a history, right? I mean, that's that, if, if you're a punk band, that's kind of where you want to play in Winnipeg. Even if it's not the same as it was back then, it's still, it's the Albert. It has the mystique, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what's, um? I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i sick of dwelling on the pandemic because I talked to everyone about it, and I've been talking to everyone about it twice a week for like a year and a half or more, but... What's sort of in the cards for you guys going forward? No, you obviously have a record you're going to put out, which is which is a big deal. And I think you may have timed it right, where it's going to come out when things are hopefully getting better, and you know, <laughs> things like release shows can happen, and you can actually you know sell CDs to people hand to hand and all that. But what's sort of the uh, near future plans for the band? What are you hoping to do now that we're coming out of this? Um, well, I'm at least now that we've gotten our first show out of the way, which was like back in August. Yeah. I'm starting to at least feel confident with this line because that was the other thing was like playing live it's kind of you know the big shock of like is this going to translate well yes what sounds good in the jam space which is basically just a wall of sound doesn't always sound great live um so i was pretty nervous about that but i'm feeling pretty confident after the first show so after this release show um i would like to do some out of town shows by the end of the year but we're kind of just keeping it up in the air it's going to be like kind of booking on a month's notice type thing yeah um, but one thing we did kind of discuss getting when the band kind of reformed is, um, we had gotten to the point where we were almost damaging ourselves from, uh, playing so often. Like we kind of ended up just being that, that band that was like playing every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend, mostly locally. Yeah. So we're just kind of at the, and, and like, we're all in different bands now too. So it's kind of like, all right, let's do this again, but not make that same mistake of like totally burning ourselves out and like 
totally making everyone get sick of us. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping after this release show, as far as local stuff, just take it easy till the new year. Yeah. Um, and hopefully some out of town shows. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, yeah. And I guess you don't want to come back from the pandemic too and suddenly become that band again also, right? It's like, oh, cool. These guys are back. I want to check them out. And then it's like, oh wait, they're playing every second day for the next six months, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we like, this is going to air, I think after both shows, but we Probably have not. like two shows within two weeks right now. And then I'm like, okay, that's it. That's the, the last two shows for the year. Unless something like that we can't pass up pops up, yeah. you know, like we, don't do it again. For sure. Is it, um, does your songwriting change with this current line of the band? I mean, you know, I'm not sure what, what your role was exactly as far as writing the music part of things. I'm assuming you wrote the lyrics, but before this, but now that you're playing bass as well, does that sort of shift, um, just kind of like the basic structure of the songs because you're bringing that aspect to it as well, or is it still similar to how it was written before? Um, it's pretty similar. Like this album for the most part is like Lucas and Travis's writing instrumentally. I okay. mean, I brought in some ideas here and there. Um, but mainly how the, the album ended up being written was they uh, live together. Like they share a house, but they have a studio in the house oh, which nice. is where we where we record. So they were able to demo ideas or at least like skeleton songs and they'd send them over to me. And then I'd sit there with my bass and be like, OK, well, this is cool. Or like, can we switch, you know, this section around with this one? And then when we could get together, we would um, all meet up, jam it live off the floor, and then I would leave with those recordings, write my lyrics to it, and then come back and yeah. just kind of put it together piece by piece. Okay, okay. I think that based on like the songs, I mean, I've heard a bunch of your stuff over the years and various records and tapes and things, and I don't think that, I, I think I would say that most of the songs, not most, but a lot of the songs have kind of an, I don't want to say a novelty factor to them, but they're funny. Like, there's funny song titles, there's like a sense of humor to it, there's obviously kind of the drunken vibe to a lot of the a lot of the songs, even with the title of this new one, right? And I mean, like, but then you have the, the, the tape that came out with Pallister, like we're talking about this picture of Pallister on there, it's obviously making a statement of some kind, I mean, not of some kind, it's obvious what the statement is, but you know <laughs> what I mean, right? Like, so, often when you have shitty situations politically and i mean it's pretty fair to say i think the pandemic is a shitty situation for everyone not to mention the way that manitoba you know particularly was dealt with and things like that um genres like punk rock and like hip-hop and things like that tend to kind of um have a boost in terms of like just it's not morale because the morale for everyone is super low but there's like there's something to be angry against something to rebel against something to be pissed off at did you guys find that with this situation we're in that you're just like more to be kind of you want to yell about things more because you have that kind of inspiration from the shitty situation um yeah no like we've never really considered ourselves as a political no and i wouldn't either but you know it's uh um i i think a lot of it is more like personal angst from me yeah um i mean i like the figment of your inebriation um interestingly enough like i quit drinking i'm two years or just like two and a half years sober almost right now um, and a lot of the subject matter on the album deals with, you know, like the throes of addiction and getting out of it and just your mental state after, you know, being messed up for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was definitely more of a personal album for me. Consequences for your actions. Get your kicks from bad reactions. Got no place to be and I got nowhere to go. Because I'm a selfish asshole Spitting out these words before they process in my head If I don't shut my fucking mouth I'm gonna end up dead Cause there's no consequences For your actions 
a fun uh fun fact i don't know if you've seen the album cover i actually have it sitting right here yeah um, it looks very people, black right it looks like it's just a black image yeah it looks it looks like a almost just yeah like a stock photoshop gradient um yeah, but yeah. uh it's actually a photograph of the ceiling above my bed okay um and it's symbolism because i spent a good chunk of a year just kind of laying there existing yeah not really wanting to and that's where i wrote pretty much all the songs on the record okay um so yeah it's definitely i I feel like our previous material i would you know touch down on subjects like my mental health etc but it was more so of a like this sucks but hey we can laugh at it totally totally um and trying to just like be humorous towards it but this stuff definitely it's it's not a feel-good record by any means it's uh more so a cathartic record and i feel like um everybody's had you know a shitty past couple of years so i feel like there's something on there for everyone to relate to yeah yeah and not in a good way but <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's unfortunate we've all we've all had a shitty two years so for sure yeah hopefully this album will make you feel like you're not alone in that yeah well i know you've only played a couple shows since since things have opened up but is it cathartic to play these like is it cathartic to to get out on stage and actually just kind of get that out in front of people versus getting it out you know in a studio or on a record yeah definitely it's 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 always cool to see people's reactions when you're playing new stuff and i know like people who have been following us for quite a few years were probably eager to see us live too because it's like the new lineup it's totally a shift in sound but on top of it it's like we're missing a member so it's like okay well what's it going to sound like now is it going to totally you know fall flat on its face or sure. is it going to hold up so it's it's been fun hearing people's um reactions to all the new stuff has it been pretty positive for the most part um yeah i mean generally people aren't going to tell you if it sucks That's true. i mean i wish they did i wish more people told me when things sucked yeah yeah um, <laughs> i mean i'm I, I try to do that myself as much as possible with people i care about and be honest that uh, gets me in trouble a lot but <laughs> um, yeah no it, it's it, from what i've heard it's been positive so cool. hopefully it is sincerely positive cool yeah yeah well yeah for sure you, you, you especially when you've put all this time in and you haven't had a chance to play in front of people you certainly hope that they're gonna they're, they're gonna respond well to it because i think at this point we're still in the kind of everyone wants to go to whatever show just because it's a show era yeah and i think oh, that absolutely. The, the selection of people choosing certain bands over others i think will happen a little bit later right now it's just there's a show i'm there because i've been deprived for two years and yeah so it'll be interesting to see how people respond to it you know once the record's out and once they've kind of been able to to live with the songs and listen to them a bunch of times and stuff like that yeah and it, it was weird too because we're normally a band who like it's go 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 like we spent you know probably six or seven years just like it was like write something, record it, get yeah. it out there, go tour it, and so then like having this downtime, like it was easily the longest. Like I, I think the time we recorded the last two full lengths combined was still shorter than the time it took us to record oh. this one. Um, and I think that was like multiple factors. Like it was you know procrastination, but also just everything going in and out of lockdown. It was like we tried to do everything as responsibly as possible, and you know do everything by the book so it was like if 
I wasn't allowed over there to record, then I wasn't allowed to over there to yeah. record until the yeah. public health orders changed. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys followed them. <laughs> it's always good to hear people are <laughs> paying attention to the, the, the safety rules and stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, presumably this will be out by the time people hear this podcast. Um, what's the best way to check it out? I mean, uh, I see you have a CD there. I'm assuming physical copies are available, especially since you have a label. Um, what's the deal there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's going to be CD copies available uh, through my label, Frozen Hell Records, which you can just find on Bandcamp or on Facebook, and there's the link to the web store right yeah. there. Um, those will probably be up the week before the album actually comes out, so I can start shipping them out so people get them like when they're supposed to. Um, and then it's also going to be up digitally on Apple Music, uh, Spotify, YouTube, basically anywhere you can stream music. It'll be up there October 29th. Cool, cool. And then the other stuff, uh, I mean, a lot of the old stuff is probably still available, uh, again, I would assume through the Bandcamp and then also just on the streaming services? Yeah, everything's up on Bandcamp, I think, for pays you or pay what you want or whatever right now. So you can just hit zero and download it for free. Um, it's also on all the streaming sites. We are, however, going to be taking it off the streaming sites soon, okay. um, but it will return. It's just we're taking it down to... Um, tweak some things and put it back up and we just switched over like the companies that handle everything for oh, cool. streaming okay. stuff okay um so yeah it's not gone so if, if you're listening to this and you go look and it's not there it'll be back up soon right right cool okay and then what else is going on with the label i mean i know i know that's what we talked about last year when you were on the show but is there anything else obviously again things are just kind of we're just seeing daylight after this horrible period of, of everyone being locked down but i mean is that do you have any plans for uh things that are gonna be released in the future yeah, I want to I want to pick it up again soon. I mean, it was kind of a soft start just because of everything going on. And it was mainly something I was planning to do, you know, with the bands that yeah. I'm in, like, you know, setting up at shows and being able to sell my stuff there. So with no shows, couldn't do that. Did a bit of online stuff. Um, but it's also hard, you know, to sign bands or put releases out by bands when nobody's recording yeah. right now. Yeah. So I, I probably picked like the world's worst possible time to start it uh but yeah it's, it's still just kind of you know hibernating right now i'm doing things with it slowly but i'm hoping once things start to open up i can pick it up again yeah well and i mean for your first year of it or whatever it was you did put out quite a bit of stuff i mean you had a bunch of tapes and you have the the seven inch for uh inhumed and stuff yeah um yeah i think i did four, four tapes and a seven inch it's in pretty good it's pretty good for first or yeah, seven yeah. months or whatever because it was like mid last year yeah right. not too bad yeah, and then yeah. I, I guess the the pandemic hit like kind of midway through that uh, <laughs> that first year of existing. It was no, I was I started it during the pandemic. Actually. Oh shit! Okay, that's even worse. Um, <laughs> I think it was like yeah, it was like summer of last year, so a couple months into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was you know not the best decision on my part, but yeah. I knew that getting into it. So yeah, it was uh, it was nice. It helped keep my sanity for a little bit during the the tough times there. So I I'm bet thankful yeah for it. Fuck you up 
way to i mean i know you know look, we've just discussed where you can people can find the music but it, it, the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it you know the day it comes out they could hear it a year later and hopefully by then you know things have cleared up a lot and you're playing shows you're touring the records out all that stuff what's the best way to follow you guys to find out what you're doing um as far as potential upcoming shows and things like that um we're generally the most active on instagram uh, we're also on facebook instagram is just sub hips one word yep. s-u-b-h-y-p-s and then obviously if you just type in suburban hypocrites on facebook you'll find us i don't think there's any other bands called suburban hypocrites yeah i don't think so, so that's that's the one thing about having a really long confusing name that works in our advantage is when yeah. you do manage to spell it right and type us in we're like the first one that pops up and then you have the short sub hips version if you want to be uh brief about it right yeah, I can't remember the first person who did that, but I, I, it wasn't me, and I saw it, and I was like, "Hey, that's that's the thing from now on," because I misspell our own band name way too often. <laughs> as long as you get it right on the album, you're good. Yeah, I've and I'm so paranoid with that too. I think I probably spent a total of twenty hours looking over like the one lyric sheet on the new album for spelling mistakes because there's I think two on our first album that we did a lyric sheet for, and I no one's ever said anything to me about them, but I'm still like. I'm still mad about it to this day. I'm going to go back and look at it as soon as we're done the call here. <laughs> it's. I think the second album, I opted out from doing a lyric sheet just because I didn't want to go through that stress again. That's I hilarious. I think I just put some stupid logo or something there instead.
broken mirror 